Let's give it to Jesus. The only wise God, King of kings and Lord of lords. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. You'll turn in your Bibles to St. John chapter 12. One verse I'm going to read here, 24. John 12, 24. Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. Much fruit. Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of a son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And then Philippians chapter 3. Beautiful words of the Apostle Paul. Philippians is my favorite book. I've done it again. These two pages are loose in my book. I keep having to get a new Bible, and I hate breaking in a new Bible because I wear out Philippians and Ephesians and Colossians. Paul said, but what things, starting with verse 7, what things were gained to me, those I counted loss for Christ. Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung, that I may win Christ, and be found in him, not having mine own righteousness, which is the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith, that I may know him, that I may know him, and the power of his resurrection. That sounds exciting, but listen to the rest of the verse. And the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death. God bless you. You may be seated. There is a basic fact that we might as well learn. There is no one that has ever done anything for God that there was not some dying involved. Paul said, I know that in me, in my flesh, there is no good thing. We were not born good, and this flesh we were born with, in it there is no good thing. And this is not a popular message, and this is not one that people love to hear, but this is what God gave me for today. We have to die to the world and to the flesh and the devil. And then there's hopes that we can bring forth fruit for God. There never were people less qualified to be missionaries than we were. I remember the first time we met the Foreign Missionary Board in 1939. 
they had no finesse in those days. I mean, you stood there like a prisoner at the bar while they described and talked to, to you and asked you questions. And we had only been preaching a few months. It was really foolish of us to go on to meet the board, but the burden was so great, we went. And uh, they looked at us, and um, one of them really hit a sore spot with me because when I was 15 years old, they discovered I only had one lung. And the doctor said to my family and to me, you'll probably have TB before you're ever 25. You look like you've got it now. I was always so skinny, had a bad color. And so one of those old preachers on the board, old brother Harry Morse, he stood up and cleared his throat and said, well, Y'all look like you ought to be applying to the TB asylum instead of the missionary board. Brother Freeman was six foot two and weighed uh, 140 pounds. I was, I beg your pardon, 125 pounds. I, I was five foot nine and weighed 106. And uh, we looked like two ambulating telephone poles. Uh, looking back, I can under, understand the way they, they felt. Uh, and then... One of them fixed us with his beady eyes and said, can you preach? Well, I thought, if I say I can, or I hope I can, I mean, it might sound like I'm bragging. So I said, I don't know. <laughs> and uh, then he asked my husband the same question. He didn't know either. <laughs> and uh, we had one friend on the board. I mean, he'd been my pastor when I was 12, 13 years old, Brother W.R. Pear. And I kept waiting for him to open his mouth and say something. And so finally he cleared his throat and he started in. He said, I don't know about this young man. He may have a genuine mission call. But let me tell you about that young lady. She'll never make it. She's too high strung. She's not missionary material. <laughs> there was a lot of dying that took place that day. But nothing changed the call that God had put on our heart. You see, don't ever expect encouragement when you start out to do anything for God. If some comes, be grateful. But you can do it without it. They finally told us, said, all right, go and get some experience. It was very good advice. They gave us the proper, right, and good advice. Go get some experience, build churches, pastor, hold evangelistic services, and work for God, and don't come back for three years. And don't tell anybody you're called to Africa. Don't trade on a call to Africa. Well, we went to work. I mean, we did everything in the book that we could. And, of course, the first church we pastored, they run us off, <laughs> asked us to leave. They, they thought we was too young to preach or eat either. And uh, we, I, I remember sometimes we got 80 cents a week. <laughs> uh, but it's all a part of that process. You see, I feel so sorry for young preachers today because they don't have as many opportunities to die as we had. And that dying is where the fruit comes from. They accept a grain of wheat fall into the ground and die. It abideth alone. And God chooses to put us through a very special course. And he gives us a lot of opportunities to die. If nothing else, he gives us, puts us in very neat, embarrassing situations. Swear that we can have no glory in the flesh.
because it takes the dying to bring forth the fruit. When the three years were up, we were pastoring, well, we started out to open up a new church, and there's where we missed the will of God. And uh, it was so rough. We got about 35 people together, and I was keeping house for an old man to pay our expenses, keep us eating. And uh, 